Pastor Xavier Reese reminds us that there is only one standard we are to live by. God will judge each person individually according to his or her works. Responsible for their own motives, deeds, and works, everyone will get exactly what they deserve. No one will have to give him information when it comes to full knowledge of judgment. No one will have to correct him in that day. <laughs> Nothing escapes him. All things are naked to him. Hebrews 4.12. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. One common theme throughout the Bible is that God is sufficient. Unfortunately, the things of the world seem so intriguing. Well, today, as Pastor Xavier continues his study from the book of Revelation, he shares what happens when God's people pay more attention to the opinion of people rather than what God says in His Word. Here's Pastor Xavier. Revelation chapter 2, verse 18 through 29. The message is entitled, The Pagan Church, Thyatira. John, as he finished his first epistle, he said in chapter 5, verse 21 of 1 John, Little children, keep yourself from idols. This church is the epitome of idols and idolatry. These messages remember the pattern, again, is familiar with a few exceptions. You have the proclamation, the commendation, the condemnation, the exhortation, and he finishes with the application. Uh, let me read here our text, and we'll get into that. Verse 18 says, And to the angel of the church of Thyatira write, These things says the Son of God, who has eyes like flame of fire and his feet like fine brass. I know your works, love, service, faith. And your patience, and as for your works, the last are more than the first. Nevertheless, I have a few things against you, because you allowed the woman Jezebel, who calls herself a prophetess, to teach and seduce my servants to commit sexual immorality and to eat things sacrificed to idols. And I gave her time to repent of her sexual immorality, and she did not repent. Indeed, I will cast her into a sick bed, and those who commit adultery with her into great tribulation, unless they repent of their deeds." I will kill her children with death, and all the churches will know that I am the one who searches the minds and the hearts. I will give to each one of you according to your works. Now, to you, I say, and to the rest in Thyatira, as many as do not have this doctrine, who have not known the depths of Satan, as they say, I will put on you no other burden. But hold fast what you have till I come. And he who overcomes and keeps my words until the end, to him I will give power over the nations. He shall rule them with a rod of iron. They shall be dashed to pieces like the potter's vessel, as I also have received from my father, and I will give him the morning star. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. The period of church history during this time of Thyatira, is, as we see, is from 600 to 1500 A.D., this is known as the Dark Ages, the time of the Reformation. Very, very important. Thyatira is known for the pagan church, identifying the full development of the Catholic Church. It's hard to miss her. She's going to be identified with the woman Jezebel here. The Son of God was the one who they should have been following. And the teachings of the Son of God instead of the woman Jezebel, this was their sin as we get down to verse 20. We'll see this. Now, notice the commendation. 
verse 19. Jesus knew what they had done and were doing in the present. Um, works are the outcome of salvation. They're not the process for salvation. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, we're saved by grace through faith. That not of ourselves, it's a gift of God. But if we're Christians, God does works through us, right? Ephesians 2, 10. He sees everything. Now, as one of the main characteristics of Thyatira is works, notice that. So is the chief focus of the Roman Catholic Church. To absolve one's self of sins, to earn heaven, there's penance. There's sacrifices. The day of Lent, you give up certain things to be absolved. Interesting. Notice Jesus knew their love. Agape. It comes from God. Thyatira was contrary to Ephesus. Ephesus left their first love. Here, he commends them for their love. They're doing it for the right motives. Jesus knew their faith. Notice that. Fidelity, loyalty, faithfulness. They had been steadfast in their loyalty to the doctrine of Christ. Their faithfulness was evident of their love for Jesus. And notice also, Jesus knew about their what? Their patience, enduring steadfastness. Their faithfulness was the foundation of their patience, which resulted in increasing works. The few, the faithful. The one who has eyes of flame fire, representing penetrating vision, searching all things, including motives of the heart, as you know. Going back to Revelation 1.14. All things are naked to him who sees all things. This was the commendation to Thyatira. Now notice the condemnation comes in verse 20 to 23. Verse 20, the church of Thyatira had embraced the woman Jezebel. The woman Jezebel, as you know, was an enemy of God. She is very relevant to their sin. Though the church had been commended, God says, nevertheless, I have a few things against you. She tried to join the religion of the Phoenicians to Israel, the worship of Baal, the God of fertility, as you know, Jezebel. 1 Kings 16, 31 through 33. Evil woman. She was married to King Ahab. Ahab and Jezebel are synonymous with the term evil, wicked. Elijah had the gathering of the prophets at Mount Carmel, as you know, in 1 Kings 18. He challenged them. He prevailed to destroy them. Jezebel swore that he would do the same thing to her. He would kill him and wipe him out. And he fled in fear of a woman. She destroyed Naboth, had him killed under false charges because he would not sell his vineyard in 1 Kings 21. She defiled the country with enticing the whole nation with whoredoms and witchcraft. The church of Thyatira had allowed Jezebel. One of the ways false religion is always identified in the scripture is in the figure of a woman in scripture. That's opposed to God. Notice the word allowed. They permitted her sin. They tolerated. They became indifferent. Remember, this is already the full development of the Roman Catholic system, the dark ages and how dark they were. Two things to commit sexual immorality and to eat things sacrificed to idols. They would have to celebrate the feast, sacrifice to idols, be present at the sexual revelry, perhaps even forced to partake. You couldn't do that if you're a Christian. Their failure, notice, came in three ways. They failed to judge her by the scriptural standard of being one with the word of God. This is the plumb line, people, the word of God. Secondly, they failed in accepting and tolerating her, be it by being impressed or by being intimidated. 
Those are two ways that we compromise. We have to be careful. And they fail in stopping her knowing it was outright sin. When you and I know that something is unscriptural, I can't be with it. You understand? I cannot turn my, my eye and say, oh, I didn't see that. I can't do that. By their physical, sexual immorality, they were joining themselves as one with demons, the practice of Baal worship. Paul picks this up in 1 Corinthians 8, 1 through 4, and chapter 10, verse 20 through 21. Idols and demons are one. You can't get away from it. Look at verse 21. The church of Thyatira has scorned opportunity for repentance. The tense is, does not want to repent. And yet it's the goodness of God that leads us to repentance, Romans 2, 4 says. She says, I will not repent. This is the period of 600 to 1500 A.D., the Dark Ages. She still says no today. She has not changed. During this time, she obtained her power. She confiscated properties, killed people, gained wealth beyond any imagination, and established herself as a church of God to the present day, having full authority alone to approve Disapprove and condemn anyone who opposed her as the only channel of salvation and no other. And she would kill anybody and still does. Catholic means universal, which is a direct contradiction to her claim. For she claims that salvation can only come through and by her, not the one who trusts alone in Scripture. Notice now she taught and seduced by making herself a prophetess without error. This is the very same dogma the Church of Rome established herself with. She cannot err. Her dogmas, our doctrine, and yet they're changed. They're altered. Popes contradict themselves. Two popes at the same time. Interesting. The greater the darkness, the greater the light usually will shine. Not in the case of Thyatira. She was totally dark. The dark ages. And so God sent many Men, countless men, to reprove her, to rebuke her, to exhort her. John Knox, Luther, Zwingli, Calvin, and many, many others, the reformers. But she would not repent. In fact, she persecuted them. She killed them. She burned them at the stake. Now notice verse 22 and 23. The church of Thyatira had only the judgment of God to look forward to in the future. This is the bottom line for this church. The message has not changed. God will cast her into the sickbed with all who commit adultery with her into the great tribulation. The number of kings, nations, rulers, and dictators that have been one with Rome is incredible through murders, through, through just corruption, immorality, everything. Rome approved Hitler, approved Mussolini, was one with them. Many different things. You better look at history. The reference to great tribulation means different things. Listen. The judgment will be intense and severe for her corruption and oneness with all those who are evil by the hand of God. The judgment is directly from God. And Thyatira will definitely be part of the church that will go through the great tribulation for she is adulterous, she is disloyal, and she is unfaithful. And I'm talking to her as a church, not as individuals who come out of her. Notice verse 22, God will judge her unless they repent of their deeds. And now she goes from the church to the individuals, okay? God's judgment came upon Jezebel. She never repented. 
She was cast down from the tower. As the king commanded, the dogs ate her up. Came the barrier, she wasn't there, except for her head, her hands, and her feet. Why that? Because her mind was so evil, the dogs didn't even touch it. Her hands did wicked things. They didn't touch it. Her feet ran to evil. Didn't touch it. Judgment. Second Kings 9 will give you that. God is going to judge this pagan church. The false religious system is called Babylon, the great mother of harlots, and all who is one with her. Revelation 17 and 18. She will be the head during the great tribulation, but I believe also the apostate Protestant movement will be included. Ultimately, all will be one in the ecumenical movement in the great tribulation. Pope John the 23rd came to popularity when he spoke of his ecumenical council. He says, they all shall be one. Isn't that the message of today? Let's all be one. Notice God will kill her children with death. The children are those who have embraced her teaching, the second, third generation, those who have equally gone out to propagate her doctrine, her disciples. God will allow the churches to know that he is the one who searches the minds and the hearts. Once again, reinforcing the idea of God's omniscience. He sees everything. He's all present. He knows the minds, literally the kidneys, the moral center of a person's life, every thought from its origin, Psalm 139.2. He knows the hearts of men and women, who they really are, their feelings, their thoughts, their desires, their deeds, their motives. They are deceitful, desperately wicked above all things. Here's an allusion to Jeremiah 79 and 10. Once again, the idea of his penetrating eyes of fire. Nothing escapes him. All things are naked to him. Hebrews 4.12. No one will have to give him information when it comes to full knowledge of judgment. No one will have to correct him in that day. <laughs> God will judge each person individually according to his or her works, verse 23 says. He will judge her as a church, verse 21 said. He will judge those who are one with her, verse 22 says. He will judge each person individually responsible for their own motives, deeds, and works, verse 23 says. No one will get shafted. Everyone will get exactly what they deserve. Equitable judgment. This is the condemnation to Thyatira. Now notice the exhortation in verse 24 through 25. The individual in the church is encouraged to be steadfast in their faithfulness to Jesus. He identifies them as those who have not this doctrine. Mark that. He uses you, the rest, as many, as the ones with hope. They're not part of the church. They're part of the faithful, the small. There is no call to repent to the church anymore like the previous churches. The repentance is for the individual. Judgment has been pronounced on this woman, the church. Notice verse 24 there. He identifies them as those who have not known the depths of Satan. This is what they were known by. Notice verse 24. It says, they have not known the depths of Satan as they say. This was a phrase that you, oh, we have known the depths of Satan. Oh, we've known the evil, but, you know, we, can, we, we are above it. We can do that. Kind of like a Gnostic heresy. We get involved, but it doesn't affect us. Or whatever it may be. They boasted in this. The depths of Satan referred to the teaching of the false prophetess. That which is not only contrary to God's word, but degrading and abominable. 
We've already seen chapter 2, verse 9, chapter 2, 13, here, and then 3, 9, Satan's in the church, and it's very progressive and a greater control. He indicates that he would put no other burden on them. The burden of these heretics was burden enough. Jesus' burden is light. Who the Lord calls, he enables. Very important. Notice verse 25. The individual in the church is encouraged to protect what they have in Christ. The word but is a sharp contrast to the burden in the previous verse. To hold fast is no burden. For Jesus enables each person as we enter his rest. Matthew 28, 30. His burden is light. To hold fast means to not discard, but rather to retain or to keep carefully. Christ places no other burden than what his word commands. Hold fast to it. As long as you obey the word of God, that's the only burden he gives you. And that's a light burden because he enables you by his spirit. He's not going to require anything apart from the word of God. No philosophies, no psychologies, nothing. Just the word of God. Notice the exhortation is till he comes. For the individual at death or his coming. Often we read, behold, I come quickly. Behold, hold fast what you have that no one may take your crown. Revelation 3.17. At the end, chapter 22, verse 7, 12, and others, he says, I come quickly. The whole backdrop of the book of Revelation is, I'm coming. I came the first time, I'm coming again. Are you ready? The Roman Catholic Church, by her very words and doctrines, declare that the work of Christ has not yet been finished. It continues on. Colossians says, in him you're complete, in him dwells the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Colossians 2, 9 and 10. Him and him alone. This was the exhortation to Thyatira. He finishes off with the application in verse 26 to 29. 26 to 28, the declaration is an invitation with promise of reward like the others. Listen well. The one to receive the reward is the overcomer and keeps God's word until the end. Mark that well. In the first three churches, this came after the call to hear. Now it's before. It is a timeless promise to all who ever read. It is the one who abides in Christ Jesus, John 15, 1 through 6. It is the faith of the Christian that overcomes the world, 1 John 5, 4 through 5. And notice the person who will reward once again is who? Jesus, I the first is power over the nations and is described in detail. Listen. He shall rule them with a rod of iron. They shall be dashed in pieces like the potter's vessel as I also have received from my father. The quotation is from the second Psalm, verse 8 and 9. It describes the Lord returning to set up the kingdom. The word rule means to feed, to tend, to shepherd, to keep the people. Fulfillment of Daniel chapter 2. The stone not cut with hand strikes the image of Nebuchadnezzar. It crumbles and it occupies the whole earth, the rock. What is that? The virgin birth of Christ setting up the kingdom. Matthew 19, 28. Jesus says to the disciples, you'll sit on 12 thrones. 1 Corinthians 6, 3. Paul says, don't you know we'll judge angels? <laughs> they shall be dashed in pieces, broken. What an irony. The very Roman Catholic Church who has oppressed people, who has controlled people, who has destroyed people, who has ruled over people like a tyrant, it will be taken from her. She will be judged. The second is the morning star in verse 28. The reference to morning stars to Jesus Christ, no one else. Many say it's, there's different, it's Jesus Christ. Numbers 24, 17. 
For 2 Peter 1.19 and Revelation 22.16, it makes it very, very clear. This is Jesus Christ. The overcomer is promised. The personal one is with Jesus by being just like him. 1 John 3, 1, 1 and 2 says, Behold, what manner of love the Father has given unto us, that even though it doesn't yet appear what we shall be, when we see him, we shall be exactly as he is. And so the declaration is an invitation, listen, to everyone. There must be a willingness to listen as an individual. If you find yourself in such a church in condition today at Thyatira, then you need to listen. There is a sense of responsibility, accountability to what is being heard. There is culpability to everyone who hears and does not listen. And God will hold you responsible if you do not repent. It is very, very clear. He who has an ear, let him hear. These are the words of Jesus through the gospel. Here we have it again. And whenever he says, he who has an ear, or verily, verily, you pay attention. He's saying something very, very important. Notice the declaration. It's an invitation to obey what the Spirit says to the churches. The word here, as we've seen throughout these churches, means very keen, accurate, and effective hearing. The obedience is not limited to only this message because it's the plural, churches. So the church of Thyatira was to pay attention to this particular message, but it was also to pay heed to the other six messages. The Spirit is a speaker. The representative of Jesus, the comforter, the one just like him, he is one with the words of Jesus. He glorifies Jesus. He does not compromise with the things of Jesus. He is faithful to Jesus. This was the application of Thyatira. Psalm 115 tells us of those who worship idols that they become like their gods. We make an extension we put eyes on them because we have eyes, hands, but they are spiritually blind, deaf, and crippled. You must come out of that worship. Remember the church is called to repent, but she did not repent, and the church is no longer called to repent. He's done. But remember that he does call individuals in this church to repent. So there's hope for individuals who respond. And remember that our faithfulness does not depend on the environment or the age that we live in, but on who is in us. Greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. And so the message of the church of Thyatira is to stop being a pagan, tolerating false teaching, for the Lord will judge her in the future. The message speaks of a local church in John's day, the message speaks of a period of history, 600 to 1500 AD, the Dark Ages, the time of the Reformation. The message speaks of a type of church that will exist from Pentecost to the rapture and even into the tribulation. The message speaks of a type of a Christian in every church. We need to pay heed. The day is nearer than when we first believed. We want to be as close to the scriptures as possible. No one's perfect, but let me tell you, it's very clear what God requires. It's very clear what God lays out. And so if you are more concerned with being a Catholic than being scripturally accurate as a Christian, then God will judge you. If you're more interested in being a Christian, Christ-like according to the scriptures, 
then all those other things will be let go because it's shaft and it's lies and those things will be judged and so let's pay heed and repent Pastor Xavier Reese calls for the church to get back to the basics of the Word. And you can request a copy of today's important study from the book of Revelation titled, The Dead Church, Sardis. As always, it's available for just $4 on CD. And make sure you share this helpful insight with your brothers and sisters in the Lord. The title to ask for once again is, The Dead Church, Sardis. Or simply mention today's date when you write, Simple Truths. 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make your request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And thanks for mentioning the call letters of this station when you contact us. What are the distinguishing marks of a true believer? Do you see them in yourself? Make sure you join Pastor Xavier Reese as he talks about these simple truths next time. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. www.calvarychapelpasadena.com 